1: Hey, Next on the T Nation, thanks for tuning into this segment of the show. I really appreciate all your support. If you're enjoying the show, please go online to podcastmagazine.com and vote for us in their Hot 50 list. You'll see a tab to vote right there on their homepage. Stay up to date with our guest schedule by going online to nextonthetea.net. I really appreciate you. Enjoy the segment. Okay, before I get to my next guest, Sean McKeel, I want to remind you about a few of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment? Maybe a new driver? I'll tell you what, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented square toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour, an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent tests prove it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com. That's S-Q-A-I-R-Z.com and get Squares 30-day money back guarantee. Use promo code DISTANCE for $20 off. Remember, DISTANCE comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. And folks, I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't experience it for myself. I've never felt more stable in my golf swing, which allows me to swing faster and launch it further squares the distance golf shoe i also want to give a shout out to another new sponsor bionic gloves do what you do better with bionic gloves whether you're looking to own the golf greens improve your workouts or get your hands dirty in the garden bionic gloves has you covered designed with a hand specialist bionic gloves feature patented innovations that help improve your grip the strategically placed anatomical relief pads also prevent calluses and blisters while the web and motion zones allow for greater dexterity and flexibility. Head over to BionicLoves.com to find the perfect glove to up your game. And I want to remind you about our friends over at Zexio. Back in 2001, Zexio Strixon began making clubs for men and women, and they've improved on those clubs every year since. I was fit for a set of Zexio 10 irons by a great fitter on their staff. He got me dialed in, and they feel and perform fantastically. They are by far the best irons I've ever played. They are light. I have picked up nearly 5 miles per hour in swing speed, and they're deadly accurate. Every part of Zexio Clubs are made exclusively for Zexio. Like I say, everything is light and balanced. Swing weights are made to give us the highest smash factors. The best part of getting fit for Zexio Clubs is hitting it higher and straighter than ever before, changing your game. Zexio Clubs are a Golf Digest Hot List Gold winner for 2021. Congratulations to Zexio Ambassador NB Park for her five-stroke victory earlier this year at the Kia Classic. It was her 21st victory, and she did it using Zexio 11 woods and X irons. Ernie Ells and Top Instructor Martin Hall are Zexio ambassadors as well. See why and how Zexio can help improve your game. Go online to ZexioUSA.com. That's X-X-I-O-U-S-A dot com, and pick which set is right for you. Okay, now back with me is a guy who has been a very important part of this show over the years, and that's 2003 PGA Champion Sean McKeel. Sean is by far one of the most underrated players who's ever played out on tour. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for what he's achieved during the course of his career. He's a major champion, having won that PGA Championship at Oak Hill. He very nearly backed it up at the 2006 PGA when he finished second to Tiger Woods at Medina. People tend to forget that. He would go on to defeat Tiger that year in the World Match Play Championship in the first round, 4-3. and Sean also has 20 top 10 finishes, 57 top 25s. He is only the second player to ever record a Double Eagle in the U.S. Open, which he did back in 2010 at Pebble Beach. He's coming off a tie for 53rd at the Senior Open Championship, and I'm very glad to have him back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Sean, how are you, my friend? Hey, Chris,
0: how are you? Good to be back with you.
1: I'm fantastic. Talk about it. catch us up. What's been going on with you this year?
0: Well, it's just I've been busy. I've been busy with soccer. Matter of fact, 'cause I'm sitting here talking to you and watching my daughter out there with her with her school team and doing a little inter squad scrimmage. So it's uh, it's been nonstop soccer. You know, Marin, uh she's 14 and and uh, her club team qualified for the nationals and so they were down in Sarasota for the you know you know USU soccer national championship. So it's been a summer kind of filled with uh filled with just watching watching her play and and uh you know it's been great i've enjoyed that
1: and sean with with your golf game it seems like there's a lot of positives to take out of how well you played at the senior open championships particularly opening round shot 69 was uh that's the first time you had an opportunity to go over there and play at sunningdale golf club
0: it is it is i I mean what a fantastic fantastic golf course um you know, it was very, I would say, very lengthy in the feel of it, the way I think the bunkering was, but it was very American in the sense that, uh, tree lined, had some, had some rough, a lot of kind of rolling, moving fairways, some blind shots. So it was truly one of the best courses. And I'm glad I went. I, I had actually debated on not going just because of all the kind of the COVID restrictions and everything else that were. You know, kind of in place, but, uh, I'm so glad I went, got a chance to meet great people. And of course, I love, you know, love traveling the world and, and, uh, and playing all these different countries and different courses and everything. So, uh, the golf was actually better than it, than it turned out. Uh, I just, I made, made a lot of silly mistakes, but, but, uh, I think a lot of that's just kind of, I haven't played a lot of golf and played a little bit more aggressive than I would like. But I mean, Sunningdale was fantastic and, uh, I wouldn't hesitate to go back and play that course again.
1: And Sean, to your point a moment ago, tree line, that's not something we're used to seeing at an open championship and linked course. Is that as unusual as I think it is?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think in terms of, uh, the events that I've played over there, uh, you know, I think of the open championships that I played, you know, Troon and Hoylake and Karnuski and those types of courses, just very untraditional. Um, you know, the, the golf course, uh, was literally five minutes away from, from Wentworth, you know, southwest of England where I was was, uh, just was a, you know, the drive from the hotel to the golf course was just tree line the whole way. It's just a fantastic place. And, um, but, you know, getting back to the golf part of it, it's the fairways were as firm as you might find, uh, you know, anywhere in a length style, kind of a, a it's a sand based course. So the fairways were very firm. And that was really what I struggled with most, most of all was, was trying to collect the ball um you know and and be able to have, the greens were big and, and but but really, I struggled with the iron game um so but it really was a fantastic a lot of the caddies had basically ranked it in their top five courses of all time, which is a pretty good testament to to what they have there
1: and John, you mentioned the bunkers a moment ago, and they are typically very deep, which would scare me to death. How do you prepare and practice for getting out of bunkers like that when? We have, you know, our, our bunkers are very different. We don't typically see this deep walls like they have over there.
0: Well, you know, too, the way that their sand over there was very firm. So a lot of times the balls were kind of rolling up against the lip. So I mean, you were having to avoid those really at all costs. Um, but they weren't layered bunkers. What I found was interesting is the, the, the lips of the bunkers were all seemed like concrete. So nothing would bury. Um, you know, in the bunkers, unless you really, really, um, you know, unlucky, but you know, it's, it's a, at a typical course, you know, you look at like St. Andrews where there's, you know, 150 bunkers. Um, you know, you're having to avoid those at all costs because they truly are a penalty. Um, you know, it's basically a chip out and these were similar, but the fairways were wide enough that it really took kind of a, a you know, a wayward shot to kind of find, find one. Um, which is why I think you saw the scores were pretty low for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you try to avoid them and then you just basically, you know, you just attack it like you attack any other shot. You know, you walk in there and you kind of see what you have. If you have a shot that's playable, then, you know, you kind of do that. Otherwise you just have to take your medicine, kind of get out. But, um, you know, it, like I said, I, I can't say enough good things about, about, the, you know, the time that I had over there and, and, uh, you know, the course and the way it was designed and the way that it played. And, and, uh, you know, I'm just grateful that, that they even had the event with all the things that have been kind of going on in the world the last couple of years. It's, it's, uh, it, it's fantastic for European tour golf, uh, you know, to be able to get an event like that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, played.
1: And Sean, when you're preparing to play in an open championship and in, in a link style golf course, is it different? Is it a different mindset for how you want to play the golf course than it is when you're playing a course over here?
0: I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, you know, American golf is, you know, typically played through the air, Um, a lot of forced carries. And and over there, you know, you'll see you'll see people, you know, that can putt the ball from 30, 40 yards off the green. So it's a type of golf. You, you have shots that maybe you don't ever practice. Um You take equipment with you that basically is designed for american style golf and i and i think of you know maybe more bounce on your wedge i mean you might you might use a wedge a a, a lob wedge you know it's got 10 12 degrees of bounce and over there you know you you have such tight fairways that you it's a lob shot that you want to hit so those are often things that really kind of play into the course management um you know of how you how you play um you know the wind of course is is prevalent over there typically, and and when you don't see the wind, you know you see you see ultra low scores. Um, but but it's really no way to get a feel for that type of golf unless you're over there, which is why you see so many players now playing the Scottish Open the week before the Open Championship, uh, because it it is a new well one you're getting acclimated to the time, but other you know you're trying to trying to get a feel for uh, the technique you know that you need to use um you know to play around those types of courses so it's uh yeah i said it's nothing like it's nothing like american golf it's and it's actually fun i mean it's really fun of course until the gun goes off and then you're faced with a a shot that you don't ever get a play and and sometimes you look a little bit silly but as you watch on tv you'll see a player you know hit a shot 15 20 feet away from the hole and yet they'll still receive some applause from the gallery because they understand you know, the type of golf and the difficulty of the shots and stuff like that. So it's a bit refreshing sometimes. And, um, you know, you, you get, you get a clap or two when, when you hit it 20 feet from the hole and ordinarily you'd be pretty disappointed.
1: And Sean, earlier this year at the Senior PGA Championship, you got off to a similar start as you did at the Open Championship opening round 69. Talk about playing at Southern Hills and your experience this year at the Senior PGA.
0: Well, you know, I've had a tough year. I had a surgery in November and, uh, you know, without, you know, going crazy here, it, it, it uh, uh, I was really affected by something that happened to me post surgery and I had not really felt well until about a month ago, maybe five, six weeks ago. It's just been a long, tough kind of recovery, but, um, you know, we played, we played Totem Hills in '07, and it's a different, it's a different style of course. It really is. It's, uh, they had redesigned it and, and, uh, you know, it just, it's not necessarily one of my favorite, favorite golf courses. Um, you know, it just, it's pretty long. Even in the, in, you know, in the senior open or the senior PGA, they played it pretty long. Um, got some quirky holes on it, but, but look, anytime you're playing a, a major championship like that, it's, uh, you know, it's exciting because it gets, gets really, you know, the best field in, in golf. So, um, I, I just kind of went into it. You know, the PGA was a week before the, the P G you know, the senior PGA and then another event. I just really struggled just, just for some, some reasons that were related, you know, to a surgery that I had. So, um, I didn't really get a good, <laughs> a good feel, uh, for playing. I think just making the cut was probably pretty good for me.
1: Sean, switching gears a little bit, and folks may not know this about you, but you're a pilot and your father was a pilot, flew for many years for FedEx. And we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attack. And that year, you were coming from, I believe, the Canadian Open finished up on Sunday. Uh, September 11th, that year was on a Tuesday. And the Tampa Bay Classic was the was the next event on the PGA Tour schedule. And, I, and that event, obviously, and then the WGC Championship in Missouri. They were both canceled. But uh where were you when everything happened and how did you and your father as pilots deal with, you know, all the planes having to land and then obviously the tragedy of the event?
0: Well, you know, that Sunday I remember I think I finished tenth, I think, ninth or tenth in the Canadian Open. And just due to a late flight, you know, my flight was canceled on Sunday, so I had to fly home on Monday, uh, which was the tenth, and I went out and and uh I I'm ODR. It was a hundred degrees in Memphis. For some reason I wasn't feeling very good. I got ended up getting a kidney stone and so I missed I didn't have to cancel my flight on Monday uh because of a kidney stone. I ended up it was the first one I ever had. Uh so I spent the night and a few hours in the hospital and then the next day I woke up and I was gonna fly out uh and then woke up to what was going on. Um you know, and sadly, I, I was doing business with, uh, Cantor Fitzgerald. There's a, a gentleman named Fred Veraki that passed away, uh, that worked for Cantor Fitzgerald was in the first tower. Um, and I was actually in, I had windows, uh, had lunch with him at Windows on the World restaurant, uh, probably about five or six weeks prior to those events happening. And, uh, I just, you know, had the visualization of, of those people being up in that 104th floor to 110, I think. Um, but uh just i'm um, it's just hard to i mean I, you know you can't really put into words uh really my you know my father was flying he got a uh, message over what they called a cars which is a kind of a electronic way for the company to send messages uh through a satellite and basically he was going to my dad was in the philippines and so he was over there for a while longer because he couldn't get back to the united states due to the, the you know basically the you know fa shutting down all the airspace um, you know, so it was you know kind of a harrowing time i as we saw, and we all of us lived it you know live as it was happening, and of course, you know twenty years later we we uh you know were kind of living through kind of seeing how the security and everything really changed the world really changed um you know in a lot of ways, but you know just i guess just being an aviator it it's uh it was frightening really to see you think about i mean I remember going remember my age that you know your parents could drop you off at the airport they could come to the gate and you know there was a little bit of security but but uh you know now now it's uh you know it's hard to believe that it. it's been 20 years but yeah it really affected uh well it affected everybody I mean I can't really put into words I certainly didn't didn't lose a family member but i but I knew somebody who was, was doing business with them that, that uh, uh their family was affected so. Um, it's hard to it's hard to really describe, especially to your kids. You know, your kids will see see on the anniversary every year how they kind of relive the events, and they ask a lot of questions. But uh, it's just truly a tragic tragic time.
1: Switching gears, Sean, to more happy memories, and um, you hit the best shot, best approach shot in major championship history at the 2003 PGS. seven iron to two inches that secured the win on 18 and. The last I recall from our earlier conversations, that club, that seven iron, wasn't in the World Golf Hall of Fame where it belongs, and I don't I don't even think yeah. it was in a shadow box hanging over the mantle at your house. I've read recently that it was actually at least once upon a time in a beat up cardboard box in yeah. your golf guitar room. Is that still where it is or has it got its right yeah. place under a spotlight nope. somewhere?
0: Nope, it's still in an old beat up uh probably it's an old cleveland box that you would like ship a set of irons in you know I've, all my clubs are in there um I, i'm not sure i'm missing a club not either every club's in there so you know i have my seven i've been asked for it um not not recently um i you know maybe at some point i'll i'll part with it you know it but every you know not every day anymore i go up in my golf room and i'll pull it out and a lot of times I look at it just to kind of see like, okay, what was my line and I was certainly a lot more upright <laughs> a player back in the day. So it's really the one kind of takeaway, but I still have the original grips and, and everything on them. I never changed anything after, after that, you know, so, um, you know, every now and then I'll get it out and I just look at it and I'll sit up there and I'll just kind of reminisce about, uh, you know, things and, and, uh, it's kind of a dangerous, it's a dangerous time for me, really, because it's the longer that I go without really playing a whole lot of golf. I kind of relive a lot of memories and maybe, um, you know, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of, a lot of struggle. I mean, and, uh, you know, like I said, the longer that I'm away from the game, it certainly questions whether, whether I was really that great of a player or not. Um, you know, those are my own battles to fight, I suppose. But, but, um, you know, I'm envious really of the, of the young kids today and, and, uh, the way that the game has changed, uh, you know, the money that they're playing for. Um, but what I don't envy is I don't envy the social media aspect. And you touched on it a little with, uh, with Hal a minute ago and in, in, in reference to Ricky Fowler. Um, I think all of us, you know, when you start out playing the game, you're just happy to be there. You're, you're not expected to do a whole lot, uh, even though he was a great player at Oklahoma State uh comes out and and, and plays and, and not a ho- whole lot of pressure, but with more wins, you know, comes more pressure. And I certainly felt that in my – and with and what happened to me. Um, You know, I should have won the BC Open the year before. Hal, Hal mentioned that he should have won, get a six-shot lead the year before and then went on to win the PGA. And in me in 2002, I had a three-shot lead. with was going for Jeff Fluman's all-time record, which I believe was 21 or 22 under. For four days at Indicott and, and I bogeyed the last two holes. Now the last bogey was due to the fact that I needed a birdie, but, but, um, you know, you look at some of the things, just the pressure, um, that players put on themselves and it's magnified tenfold with, with social media, um, you know, out there. And I, I, I do feel bad, I think for the kids because they, I think they feel like they need, need a presence, whether it's for their sponsors or, or themselves or whatever the case may be so um I'm envious of the kids uh, uh with the way they play the 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 global nature of the game we're seeing new scheduling come out it was a came out today um so there's a lot it's really exciting it's a it's a global game it's televised twenty four seven um you know and it's but at the same time there's a lot of there's a lot of pressures that these kids face um you know both internally and and then, you know, with the social media aspect too. So it's, uh, it's a great time to be a golfer that you can just kind of put down the social media.
1: Sean, looking ahead to the rest of this calendar year. And as you mentioned, the 2021 season has already come out, at least on the PGA tour side. We'll see on the, on the champions tour side, but are we going to get to see more of you out there playing the rest of this year?
0: Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm I'm feeling great. I really I really am. And I I'm playing uh I leave Monday, I'm going to Calgary for a week, then I'm coming back home for a week, then going up to Flint, Michigan for a week and you know, not being an exempt player, uh I think it is has been tough. Um but you know, the Champions Tour, it's it's uh you know, you really got got to do some great things out there. I mean, the players are players are incredible and you know, the competition is is high, it's high level out there. And uh, there's only so many spots. And, um, so, you know, it's really on my own. If you you play well, they can't keep you out, but, uh, I just haven't had a a lot, a lot going on, you know, last year with coronavirus, we lost three to three and a half months of the season where nobody really got a chance to play. We didn't have, we didn't have Q school in December of last year. So I basically kind of stuck in the same rut, but, but, um, I'm getting a chance to play a little bit more and and I'm excited about it. Um, you know, it's been a blessing, I think, to be able to watch both my children you know, compete and my son's a rising senior and, and he's getting some looks at from colleges and soccer and everything. So that's exciting for me. Um, you know, I, I look, I love golf. I love playing. I love competing. There's nothing better than when I get out there and, and I get to be around my friends and, and, um, uh, you know, we can, you know, just talk about, uh, we don't, you know, we don't talk about the past. I mean, we're talking about the future, how to, how to improve the champions tour. I mean, what are some of the things we need to do to, to really bring more people into the, you know, into the game and stuff like that. So our conversations are quite a bit different, um, than they used to be. I don't think we're quite as selfish as we used to be. It's a tough sport. It's a tough sport. It can be lonely at times and, and, uh, but, but it's fantastic. And so, you know, I'm just excited about getting out there and, and, uh, and playing when I can and, and certainly trying to be, trying to become an exempt player. Um, but, uh, but I'm enjoying watching, uh, you know, my two children and and uh, doing their thing. So it's been it's been a lot of fun.
1: Sean, before I let you go, remind our listeners how can they stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing and keep track of you when <laughs> when you're playing, whether it's online or it's on social media.
0: Yeah, you know, I chuckle at that because I because I'm such a boring follow, you know, and uh, it's okay. I'm more of a follower uh than the leader but but uh you know you can find me on tour i'm on twitter i do a little bit of facebook stuff but but uh you know i don't i don't have the presence that i probably should have and I, there's no way i'm ever going to become part of that player impact program on the tour that uh that's made headlines so, so <laughs> recently but but uh it's okay that the tour feels like they need to do that for these players but uh uh i you know i interact with people i if people send me something I'll 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 respond but uh For the most part, I'm a boring follow.
1: Well, Sean, I can't thank you enough for taking time away from the soccer game tonight to come back and be a part of the show. I've missed having you on here. I hope I get the privilege of catching up with you again soon.
0: Chris, I always enjoy it. I really do. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
1: You bet, Sean. Stay safe. All the best to you and your family. That's a great Sean McKeel again, folks. And I mean this sincerely, a guy who is very underrated. Over the course of his career, won a PGA and nearly won a second one. Uh, you know, again, you know, f- finished, you know, second to Tiger. So no shame in that. And then would go on to defeat Tiger at the WGC not long after that, four and three in the first round of that tournament. So Sean had plenty of game, still has plenty of game. Looking forward to seeing him more out on the champions tour and catching up with him again soon.